1: Bye. Bye. Well, hello, and welcome back to Brave New Teaching. You guys, it's almost that time of year again. Love is in the air. Pink and red and white hearts (laughs) are filling our vision, and uh, we're getting close to Valentine's Day. So we thought... How fun would it be? You guys liked our Gothic Lit episode so much where we had so many amazing collaborators come in and give us their best suggestions for how they teach Gothic literature last October. Now that it is February, let's talk about what we do around Valentine's Day or Galentine's Day or Friendship Day or however, or you know, like whatever you do in your classroom. We've got some fun ideas uh, for you from some pretty phenomenal teachers out there. Can you say the name of this month again, Marie? February. February? February.
0: No, it's February. It's literally not. It's literally
1: my birth month, so I should know. <laughs> Can you spell the second month of the year, please? <laughs>
0: uh, out loud on bomb being recorded? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> It's February, and I've always said it that way, and it cracks me up when people pronounce the R. It's a silent R. This is common knowledge in the English language. There are so many silent R's. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. okay. It's fine. It's February. All right. All right. have a hard time saying this month in February, my birthday guys is coming up. And if you didn't listen to our episode, on our favorite things, and you're looking for an idea of what to send me for my birthday, (laughs) um, you can just go back to that episode and you can send her a dictionary. You can send me, uh, everything bagel with strawberry cream cheese. And then Marie's going to lose her mind.
1: Oh my God. We're going to cue the music. And then we're going to get into some of the things we like to do in February. Cue the music. Let's go.
0: you know what? February is a fun time of year and I love celebrating Valentine's Day in my classroom or doing Valentine's Day thingies that week. I, it just, I feel like when I was in high school, it got such a bad rap and it got so like drama filled that it was kind of fun to cut the tension in my classes when my teachers did something silly or dumb or just kind of
1: goofy. And so I try tried, I tried to carry on that tradition in my own classroom. Well, and I just have, I mean, I'm also like, I like to decorate for seasons also. So like pink hearts, I'm all in a little bit of glitter. Yes. Thank you very much. Any excuse for candy in my classroom? Uh, one please. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Well, when you think about our
0: content area, I mean, this is, this is, you know, the nerd in me talking is there's always a connection Oh, Whatever you're reading, there is some kind of relationship, some kind of relationship drama that would link in and connect in. And I'll share my my like one of my go tos. I have many different things I've done on Valentine's Day, but one of my go tos is um, teaching kids how to write haiku. And then either to kind of depending on if we're in creative writing, I would just kind of stick with their own personal haikus of their own lives. Um, but if we're in a novel, I would have the students writing haikus between characters about their relationship. So uh, last year, for example, we were in Gatsby this time of year. And so I had the kids make a list of pairings. So like, what would the haiku from Myrtle to Gatsby look like? Right. After, you know, what happens? Um, You know, what would the, what would some, one of my students suggested um, uh, Gatsby's pool, writing a haiku to him, that's like, deep. Cr- yeah. Like, like even <laughs> symbolic things. So, um, Tom's haiku to Daisy, um, you know, from whatever those might be. So like, that's kind of a fun way to do it. Um, and then I would have the kids, this is where the engagement part comes in is that I set up a haiku deathmatch bracket system. So I have my kids competing against one another slam poetry style, but all they're reading is their haiku. So they're five, seven, five. One student goes, the other student goes, it's a plazo meter or a vote from a, another teacher you bring in the room or whatever you want it to be. And the kids move on through the brackets for the winner. So like, this is fun to do with characters. It's really fun to do. If you divide your room between the kids who are like self-professed, like I believe in true love. And then you have the other half of kids who are like everyone sucks. And all my love is unrequited. And, you know, love is a dark, scary, horrible place. And so I I like to divide my room that way, the lovers and the haters. And then they write their respective haikus and they battle against each other. So fun. Little known secret. The haters always win. Those darker, more angry poems are always better. They're Uh, way more powerful. (laughs) And it's so fun. So I'm going to link in the show notes for you guys, my bracket system. So you can do whatever you want with it. But if you want to have like a go-to really easy, it's just like on a Google sheet. um, And you just type kids' names in and then move them through the bracket. It's so, so much fun.
1: Um, I like to do, that is so fun. That actually reminds me a lot of your March Madness, your Poetry March Madness too. That you like, that's so fun. Um, I like to do, well, you know, not everybody celebrates Valentine's Day. Like it is... (laughs) a uh, holiday about St. Valentine. And I recognize that. So sometimes it's just like a, recognizing relationships, right? Sometimes it's just yeah. recognizing friendship and that sort of a thing. And I like to look at it as just a recognition of love. And that love can mean many different things. And one of my favorite things that I have done with students um, has been like a love letter or a love poem to someone or something. Sometimes it's from the perspective of a character to another character or a character to an item. I've had kids write a, um, those of you who teach in California are going to completely understand this at Southern California, especially I've had so many students write an ode to a California burrito and they like, or like sometimes we'll write love sonnets. Like if we're in a Shakespeare area, that sort of a thing. But let me tell you the love letters and the love sonnets that have been written to and about a Cali B are just, they're really moving. I have to tell you. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's, a, that's what I'm talking about. Like, that's such a fun way to like dispel all that like awkward tension that totally. comes along this week, you know, whether you're celebrating it or not. I mean, I don't know how many high schoolers actually celebrate it, but it's everywhere. And so if you're going to lean into it, that's a really fun way to like let kids oh, yeah. just be silly. And like have I had
1: a kid last year write a love letter to his lacrosse stick because yes. it was like, and it was actually really serious. It was like very sweet and moving in a real way because it that. was like, he he was getting like a lacrosse, um, scholarship. And it was just like, he had this connection with this thing that was so much more in his life. It was so stinking sweet. And then like, I've written an ode to my chapstick in front of students before, just to be like, thank you for keeping my lips not dry. So, So kind. I know is, I mean, talk about moving. So Those are a couple of ideas that we like to do just some go-tos and you can change them as you want. If you head to our show notes, um, our download for you this week is actually Amanda's haiku death match and how you could run something like that in your classroom. Talk about fun, talk about community building, right? Um, But Speaking of community, we also have some pretty phenomenal teachers who are contributing to this week's episode. So we want to go ahead and get started with that. You can get all of their information and be in contact with them in our show notes. So just sit back, relax, and let the inspiration take you away. All right, brave new teachers. First
0: up today, we're going to hear from Danny Macias. She is a ninth grade English teacher and works out in Utah. And Danny loves talking about books, reading them, and sharing them with her students. Danny, you can find her on Instagram at book talk lady. And after we hear from Danny and her really cool ideas, I'm going to set you guys up with Janine. And Janine comes to us from the opposite side of the country. Janine is a fifth grade teacher in Long Island, New York. You can find her on Instagram at thinkgrowgiggle. Enjoy their brilliant ideas.
2: Hello, hello. My name is Danny Macias. I'm a ninth grade English teacher and a seventh through eighth grade reading literature teacher. And something you should know about me is that I love to celebrate. I like to decorate and invite the holiday cheer into my classroom. However, I don't like fluff in my classroom. So this Valentine's Day, I wanted to offer students an opportunity to have fun. They deserve this. I deserve this. It's the middle of the school year and we are all feeling it but I wanted them to have fun while also engaging them in something practical and relevant to our subject. English language arts. So on past Valentine's days, I've had students speed day books. This is where every student chooses a book at random from either our school's library or our classroom library, takes a couple of minutes to explore it, then passes it on to someone else until they find a book that's a keeper. So it's the same idea as speed dating, except for instead of committing to a person, students fall head over heels for books. This also includes discussions with peers about the book and taking short and formal notes about why they would or wouldn't like to continue spending time with each book passed to them. However, due to COVID, our school library is closed to large groups of students. And although I have a classroom library of my own, I want to limit the spread of COVID-19 by avoiding physical books. I also have online students who would be missing out. So I decided to do a digital version of a Valentine's Day speed dating, and I am thrilled with how it turned out. Okay, so are you ready for the super cute, romantic, yet practical resource I made? I created a dating website personifying genres. So like, I created a dating profile for this good-looking guy, and his bio says, Seeking someone thrilling who isn't afraid of a little blood, ghosts, or death. So when students click on his profile picture, it takes them to a ton of young adult horror novels for for them to choose from and then they just scroll through them, explore them, read the reviews for the book, and eventually they decide whether they're a match or not. So I did this for other genres too. At the top of the dating website has the directions which say, read the description below and click on the one that is the most attractive to you. Millions of people have found their match. Will you be next? (laughs) The goal is for students to either check out a book, become curious about books, or add a book to their reading list. Our school uses Sora, which is a reading app that allows students to read and listen to books and also take digital notes as well. It's pretty sweet, but students can also check out books from their public library if they can't find them there or if they don't use Sora. I use Google Sites to make the dating website, which is completely foolproof. It's limited and designed, but like for your own good. Sometimes I get carried away with colors and fonts and it just becomes super messy. So you can choose from the color scheme, layout, and even templates to create your own website. Students can create their own too, and they can collaborate with other students, which is pretty cool. So what I love about this is that both my online and face-to-face students will get to participate and explore new books. I also love that you can do this with any text, like instead of novels, you can have students speed day articles or short stories, poems, paragraphs, sentences, beautiful words. I mean, the possibilities are really endless. So this Valentine's Day, I'm hoping my students find their happily ever after. That is until they meet their next match.
3: Hi, teacher friends! It's Janine from Think Grow, Giggle, and I'm so excited to be on the podcast today to chat about all things Valentine's Day. Since Valentine's Day can be a tricky day in the lives of fifth graders, I love to do activities that are more of a twist on the traditional love and heart activities that the kids have done in the past. So today, I'm going to share three unique ideas that allow the kids to feel like they're celebrating the holiday, but really they focus on learning and community service. Number one is all focused on our heart. Since February is American Heart Month, it is the perfect time to learn about our hearts. The schools that I have taught in have always participated in Jump Rope for Heart, which is the perfect tie-in to learn about the heart, our circulatory system, and how to live a healthy lifestyle, all through nonfiction reading and writing. Even if your school does not do a Jump Rope for Heart, a mini research unit and nonfiction reading about the heart is always fun for February. First, I have my students research and read about the parts of the heart using multiple sources. Then they create illustrations and draw the heart, labeling its parts using captions and labels. Then they write a paragraph summarizing all of the jobs of the heart. After that comes the fun part where students conduct a heart experiment. The experiment is simple but meaningful. Your students will compare their pulse before and after rigorous exercise to see just how hard their heart actually works. It's really simple, so if you wanna try it out, Here's what you do. Have your students find their resting heart rate, which is the heart rate before any activity, and they can find their pulse right on their wrist. Set the timer for a minute and allow students to jog in place or complete jumping jacks to get their heart rate up. As soon as the minute is up, have students use their stopwatches to find their heart rate again. Have students compare the heart rate before and after and discuss why it's important to exercise each day and to keep our hearts healthy. This is an activity that the kids always remember and the bonus here is that it not only promotes research, nonfiction reading and writing, but also heart health. Number two is all about kindness. Since Random Acts of Kindness Week takes place in February, a great way to tie together kindness and Valentine's Day is to do community service projects. I love to do community service projects during our Valentine's Day party because it gives the party a focus, but if you're not having a party, it could be done anytime during Valentine's Day week or month. The first thing we do is talk a lot about how we can spread love and kindness with people who may need a little extra love this month. You can brainstorm ideas with your students that they want to do for their community service project, or you can suggest a few for them to pick or vote on. Here are some of the community service projects that I've done with my students that you can maybe try out in your own classroom. Number one, we've made Valentine's Day cards and pictures for service men and women in the military. We've also made Valentine's Day cards and pictures for local senior citizens and deliver them to the senior center. We've created bright and cheerful pictures and banners decor for kids in local hospitals. We've written thank you letters of appreciation to someone that the student loves and for this one, we try to focus on a family member, a staff member, coach, someone that the kids admire and not just a friend or a classmate. We've also made joke books for people who may need to be cheered up. And one year, each student made a different joke book and we donated them to different libraries like the local town library or school library and even other classroom libraries. Students really get into community service projects. They feel proud that they're spreading love locally in their own communities and are really making a difference. Once you do one community service project, your students will ask to do more. And number three, my favorite project for Valentine's Day is so simple, but really powerful and gives the kids a nice boost of self-esteem. It is all about having the students teach the class about something that they love. The research projects that kids do can be about an activity or a sport, an animal, a biography about someone they admire, really anything that sparks their interest and is appropriate for school. The kids love completing these writing projects because it's all about their choice, their interests, and they get to share what they know about with their peers as the expert. The real magic happens when students share their writing pieces. They're always beaming and enjoy fielding questions from their peers about the topic that they know a lot about. And bonus, my kids always feel like they get to know each other even better through this project, making it a community building project, too. So you can keep this one simple by having students use whatever research or writing format you've been using all year and that they're already familiar with. You can keep their presentations to only a minute or two to save time and be able to share everybody's presentation on Valentine's Day. So there you have it, three easy ways to celebrate Valentine's Day with a little bit of a twist. You can read a bit more about these ideas over on my blog, and I would love to hear from you if you use any of these ideas, so feel free to reach out and let me know. Happy Valentine's Day!
0: Oh man, I just love hearing the voices of other real teachers in the trenches. Not that Marie and I aren't real, but it's just so fun to have additional voices on the podcast. So thank you so much, Danny and Janine. Up next, I'd like to introduce you to a local friend of mine. Maria Luisa is a teacher in Chicago, not too far from me. And Maria Luisa is teaching ninth grade ELA. And after we hear from her, I'm then Going to hook you up with another good friend of mine, Miss Meredith from Bespoke ELA. Meredith's down in Texas and she's been teaching forever over 10 years and she is a traveler. She's taught all over the country. She's currently teaching dual credit world lit and AP lit. And I know you're just going to love her idea for some famous love letters. So let's give it up from Maria Luisa and Meredith.
4: Hello, my name is Maria Luisa Gonzalez, and I am a ninth grade English teacher over at Chicago Public Schools. I am so happy to be part of this podcast alongside with so many other wonderful educators. So thank you again, Amanda and Marie, for inviting me. Valentine's Day is the perfect day to express emotions like happiness and love. But have you ever asked your students to list as many other emotions as they can think of? chances are that list won't be that long and that's because students really haven't had an opportunity to expand their emotional vocabulary that is why i love providing students with this scl activity to help them not only expand their emotional vocabulary but to help them build maintain and even help repair their relationships with themselves and with others this activity is called the wheel of emotions I do want to emphasize that this activity is based off of a graphic created by psychologist Robert Plutchik. There are many versions of this online that look like a flower, but I use one that's student-friendly. It looks like a big wheel. At a quick glance, this colorful graphic has three wheels. The smallest one in the center, one in the middle, and the outer wheel. Let's start with the smallest one. This wheel is called the primary emotions. This houses the emotions we learned about in elementary school. Happy, sad, disgust, fear, anger, surprise. And in this graphic, note that these are all in different colors, and that is purposeful. The second wheel is called the secondary emotions. Now this wheel, we start to see a little ombre effect happening in the colors. This wheel houses synonyms for the primary emotions with the same color. Lastly, the third wheel is called the tertiary emotions. This wheel houses synonyms for the secondary emotions with the same color. You essentially start in the middle and work your way out to find the strongest emotional word that best represents how you're feeling. For example, a student might start off saying that they feel sad But through reflection, they will be able to go through the wheel of emotions and realize that they feel vulnerable. Because each wheel holds more emotional vocabulary words, I usually put students into groups of six, one group for each primary emotion, and have them work together to define those terms in a shared Google Slides for the whole class to use. Once students have access to all of the terms, They individually reflect on the moments in their lives where they felt the strongest sense of each primary emotion on a google doc i ask them to provide details of that memory including their reactions or lack of reactions and then have them identify the secondary and tertiary emotions taking it one step further students then reflect on how their memories have affected their relationships with themselves or with another person, whether it's in a positive or negative way. I love this activity because as a teacher, I get to know my students on a deeper level. And I also get to see how they themselves start to know themselves a little bit better. This activity is so versatile. You can use it for daily check-ins, you can use it for the rest of the year for conferences, for character analysis in novels and so much more. So I will leave you all with advice my big sister gave me years ago that still holds true to this day, advice that I give my own students. You yourself are your biggest ally. The most important relationship you can have is the one with yourself.
5: Hi there, this is Meredith from Bespoke ELA and I am super excited to talk about fun activity for Valentine's Day that is totally appropriate for secondary students in English Language Arts. And not only is a kind of like fun activity to look at some famous love stories throughout history, but also just a great activity to analyze style and rhetoric in writing, and then also get students writing their own um, letters in this case. So this activity focuses on famous love letters. And so it looks at, for example, lo- a love letter between Abigail Adams to John Adams and how they speak to each other and the language that they use. It looks at a love letter between Beethoven to an unknown quote-unquote immortal beloved is what he refers to her as. It looks at a love letter between Mark Twain and his future wife, Olivia. And he writes this beautiful, like, poetic, just sentences to her that are so incredibly moving. And so students can look at how, you know, Mark Twain uses alliteration or how he uses imagery to convey his love message to his future wife. And he even uses a metaphor. And then you get students talking about, well, what is the message of the letter? Like, what is he trying to get across? What exactly about love is he trying to say? So love is the big Idea topic, but then of course there's a more specific message about love. There's a love letter in here from Emma Darwin to Charles Darwin, which is so interesting um, because her sentence structure is really kind of different. She has a lot of kind of interrupting clauses. It's a lot more stream of consciousness, and with her writing and her tone, is uh, kind of one of like really an admiration and encouragement of Charles Darwin and. And so anyway, she, her letter is more about cheering up her husband because he's been feeling really down. So that's when I talk about, you know, different messages about love. Each of these letters takes a different lens uh, to look at love. There's a letter in here from John Keats to Fanny Braun, of course, and one from Tolstoy to his fiance, and another one from Napoleon to his wife, Josephine which is really interesting because in this letter, he actually communicates to her how much he misses her, how much he adores her, and how much he's struggling at the moment. Um, There's another one from uh, a woman to Victor Hugo and Catherine Mansfield to John Middleton Murray. And then the 10th love letter in this activity bundle is Oscar Wilde to Alfred Bosey Douglas. And that's an interesting letter just because um, it looks at the tone and it's actually kind of as a letter in and of itself is an act of civil disobedience. So that can come into the conversation as well. And then students can do a creative writing assignment. They get to write their own love letters to someone, anyone. It doesn't have to be, you know, a boyfriend or girlfriend. It it can be to a friend. It can be to a sibling. It can be to a parent. It's just not a message necessarily proclaiming only romantic love, but just some message within the category of love that. To, to someone that you do love and that you do admire and that you want to encourage and that you want to you want to tell these things to. And so students can write the letter and then there are task cards that challenge them to go back and add in literary devices such as similes and metaphors and personification and allusions, etc. So actually using some of those devices that they saw in the sample love letters from the famous people from the past. So that's how it works. It's a fun activity and it gets students close reading, analyzing, and creative writing. Can't beat that. So if you want more ideas like this, be sure to check out BespokeELA at BespokeClassroom.com or over on Instagram at ELA Classroom. And I'll see you guys over there. Bye.
0: We have two more teachers to delight you. Coming up next is Samantha from Pembroke Pines, Florida, and Samantha teaches intensive reading to sixth and eighth grade, sixth through eighth graders, excuse me, and she's done a lot of really interesting work with underperforming schools and is just a master of collaboration and working with striving readers, and she is just an incredible inspiration. I think you guys are going to love her idea, and we're going to close out the episode with another wonderful, young, newer teacher, uh, Olivia. Olivia has been teaching for five years. She's down in Texas right now and she is also working with sixth through eighth grade students in ELA. I think you're going to love her idea as well and take it away girls.
6: Hi my name is Samantha with Secondary Urban Legends and I'm sharing with you my Valentine's Day activity that I do with my students. So let me keep it real. I'm a middle school teacher. My students aren't into the mushy version of love. So a few years ago, I started an argumentative writing unit with the prompt does having hope alter a person's perception of reality? This unit includes three poems from Maya Angelou, Emily Dickinson, and William Yates. Yates' poem, Wandering Song of Agnes, is the poem that starts off the whole debate. The speaker of the poem catches a fish that turns into a woman who he falls instantly in love with, but she runs away and he spends the rest of his life looking for her. It's a very polarizing poem and the students are heated and energized to discuss and defend their position. This is later paired with Maya's and Emily Dickinson's somber poems about what hope is and what hope looks like in our lives. I love when students discuss before they write, so they later on engage in a Socratic seminar to hear each other's points, validate their ideas, and solidify how they will support their position. This makes transitioning to essay writing much smoother. So yeah, not your typical, he loves me, he loves me not poem, but you can't have love without hope.
7: Hi everyone, I am Olivia, a middle school English language arts teacher in Dallas, Texas. Now, if you knew me personally, you would know that I'm kind of a Valentine's Day Grinch. And I don't know, maybe it's all the pink and the lace and the frills, but Valentine's Day was never really my thing. However, as a middle school teacher, teaching the week around Valentine's Day is honestly one of the greatest weeks to experience. And teachers, you know what I'm talking about. Suddenly, the girls know how to use a curling iron, the boys start wearing deodorant again, and there is just this wonderful, infectious giggling that almost hangs like a fog throughout the hallways. Ah, youth. Now, despite my personal Valentine's Day aversion, this time of year actually ends up being one of my favorites with my students. Not because we're reading and writing sonnets or studying literature's greatest love stories, although that totally is my idea of a good time, but because the days leading up to Valentine's Day are devoted to students thinking and writing about the love they have for the most important person in the world, them. Enter the I love me challenge, a week-long writing activity that challenges my students to focus on loving their multifaceted, completely unique, wonderful selves. By this time of year in my ELA classroom, students have typically just covered or are currently covering characterization, and we use the STEAL method, which is when you analyze a character's speech, thoughts, effect on others, actions, and looks. We spend a lot of time in class focusing on a character's traits and describing characters realistically so the I love me challenge provides students the time to then apply that learning by reflecting on and writing about the traits they present in their own life and here's how it works I provide students a copy of the I love me challenge Sometimes this has been a handout, sometimes I display the prompt on the board, but this year I'm choosing to give my students a Google slide deck to act as a journal for their responses, and you can get a copy of this too. Now, every day, I will give students about 10 minutes of uninterrupted time to think about and respond to the prompts. And these prompts go along with each aspect of steel. So I might one day ask them something about speech, like, what words do you say about yourself for motivation? Or how can the way you speak about yourself influence your mood? Or for effect on others, I might ask them things like, what relationships or friendships in your life are important to you? Or what good things do you bring to your relationships? I even ask them more topical questions, like for looks, such as what is the best part of you? What's a feature about yourself that you love? And how does your style influence the way you feel about yourself? And at the end of the week, we do take some time to pause and celebrate their responses. In the past, I've done things like sharing their responses through a gallery walk, or the students get to pick their favorite response and add it to a discussion post, or even just informally talking about it in class. But what's great about this writing challenge is that depending on the classroom community you've established and the maturity of your students, these responses can then become a launching point for other class discussions or even further writing pieces where you can explore questions like, what traits are most valued in your classroom? What traits are more valued in society? How would these traits be discussed in literature? Or you can simply use this as a way to celebrate the ways that your students love themselves. Now, this writing challenge does connect back to the standards because having students write about themselves in different contexts is actually building the tools needed to discuss how authors develop well-rounded characters and then how authors establish different perspectives. But most importantly, this writing challenge lets students learn to love and appreciate the most important person in the world, them. And that is a Valentine's Day lesson I can totally get behind.
1: Well, friends, like I said in our intro, I think that you have found a lot of inspiration, some great ideas, and the beauty of episodes like this, what we really love, is just bringing in these different voices so you can get all these different ideas from all these different teachers that aren't just the two of us who you hear every single week. And we get to get ideas from some really incredible educators. Um, So we want to say a big, huge thank you again to all of our collaborators this week. This has been super fun and we love learning from you.
0: Yes. A big, huge, we love you to all of the teachers in our community. This is by far and away the best PD that I ever have ever had is just being in, um, in this community. So thank you to you guys. We love you. I hope you have a lovely
1: Valentine's day weekend. Just, you know, go hug your California burrito. Okay. So let's talk about a California burrito because uh, apparently, apparently inquiring minds named Amanda want to know California burrito. It takes your standard Carne asada burrito, right? Steak, seasoned, grilled, chopped up. Put it in a burrito with normally like pico de gallo. I say, what else goes in a carne asada burrito? Cheese. That's it's pretty simple. Okay. California burrito adds guacamole, sour cream, and crispy french fries. Wrap that up in a flour tortilla and go find yourself a nice quiet spot because you're going to have a spiritual moment. Really? Worthy
0: of poetry.
1: Oh, worthy of very moving poetry. A Cali B. I tell you what And you guys come to San Diego and I'll tell you the best places to find one.
0: (laughs) And if you guys come to Chicago, I'm not going to tell you the same thing about deep dish pizza because not everyone actually loves it the way that we say we do. I mean, it's from here and it's good, but it's like a once in a blue moon event. It
1: is a heavy meal. I mean, I definitely have to like split a California burrito if I'm being honest with myself because I don't have four stomachs like I did when I was in my twenties, you know, like I could just like take down, (laughs) take out like no other, but it's a good time. Um, and maybe if you're looking for something special to have on Valentine's day, everyone go to a taco shop. You're welcome.
0: And don't forget my birthday's coming up and, uh, I love bagels. So everyone have a
1: wonderful Valentine's day. (laughs) We love our brave new teaching community. Thank you guys for all of support. It was what keeps us going and doing what we do. Have a wonderful day and we'll see you next time.